Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Busy Saturday, going into a Sunday, straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. Broadcasting live, 330 stations nationwide. Fox Sports Radio, two hours tonight, jam-packed, action-packed. We've got two pregame pros, Steve Fezzik, NBA expert, pro sports expert and brad powers the guy with all the college knowledge and tonight we're going to talk more lebron we've got a new feature on straight out of vegas tonight it's called the odds makers round table what does that mean well people make the odds it's a mystery to most well we are the official odds provider for the associated press and we're going to take some propositions that don't have odds on them and Put the odds on them in real time. It should be fascinating. By the way, this isn't a solicitation, but if anyone wants to bet these odds, ah, I wish I could say just tweet me, but I can't. But let's just say this. Vegas will bet you if you disagree with us. Showtime! Woo! Vegas lead. I think I'm going to call an audible. Is that okay? Absolutely. I guess if I'm going to call an audible, I don't need approval if... You know, what are we going to look to the sideline for the coach? Hot right? route. Yeah. Hot route. <laughs> uh, let's open with USC because we just saw a bizarre card where all 500 dogs won on the main card, and we just witnessed the light heavyweight champ beat the heavyweight champ via knockout. And I tell you this, they've talked about UFC, how it's like WWE except it's real, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, whereas – the storytelling, the excitement. But when you get a guy like Lesnar, and Steve, you covered the UFC for years for Yahoo, an expert in, in the fighting game, boxing and UFC, 
I love, as a casual fan, I love when the drama is added in. And when it's a guy like Lesnar that can back it up, I'm so much more interested than if he weren't involved. The new owners are interested, too. They were UFC was purchased by an entertainment company, and they want their money back. They paid over $4 billion, so they're going to keep bringing Lesnar back as long as he's competitive. So here's what happened tonight, and Fezzik noticed it. But right? stop a second. Yeah. What would the Lakers sell for, if you had to guess? Just quick guess. A couple billion. More than that. What, what did the Clippers sell for? It was I two billion. Yeah. 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 So you're saying you're so saying the Lakers and Clippers. Yeah. Two and a half? Yeah. I mean, could it maybe be four? Possibly. So as much as we exalt, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. the UFC. Right. Because you've been here in Vegas for decades, and you can remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, one of the keys with Dana White and the growth of the UFC was their, um, it was like that apprenticeship deal where you were fighting, what was that called, the Ultimate Fighter? Yep, it's still on. Okay, yeah, but that yeah. was a point where they got that opportunity, and correct me if I'm wrong, UFC had to go get more investors just to fund that. They were they were about $50 million in the hole when they landed that show, and that was their last shot. It was on Spike. It was like they went back to... The, the money guys and said, guys, this is a crack, a good crack here. Give us a shot. Money guys said, ah, okay. The Fertitta brothers were ready to bail on it before they got that show. They, they had bought the company for $2 million and they were $50 million in the hole about three years in. So the idea that the UFC came from near bankruptcy or whatever you want to call that to being worth $4 billion is a great accomplishment. It's amazing. It's one of the greatest sports success stories in history. But the idea that potentially one NBA team is worth the same as the entire organization, the entire sport, Fight effectively. Yep, yep. And how much are the Steelers worth? How much are the Cowboys worth? Probably in that range, right? Hornet, uh, Hornets. The uh, the Panthers just went for 2.4, so yeah, compared so, to that. So it's so crazy to think, yeah, we'll talk about, well, the NFL is down 9% and all that. And yeah, hey, trend lines matter. But boy, UFC's growing and growing, and NFL, at least in the last two years, ratings-wise, have trended down, and still, though, NFL is probably worth 20 times as much as the UFC. So what happened to the odds tonight in the main event? So Cormier was the dog, and betters just smashed him down the stretch, and in the last two hours, it moved like 50 cents? Yeah, so Cormier was getting plus 190, and just a free fall downward you couldn't even get him plus 155 at post. He was all the way down to plus 150, the underdog. He was plus 230, 220 on Thursday. This is interesting. So, Cofield, you do three hours a day of local radio here in Vegas. I do your show on Fridays. And you mentioned, hey, the light heavyweight champ looked like he hurt himself, but curiously... The odds are going down, as in in his the favor of his direction, and it seemed counterintuitive. Yes, and then it moved another fifty cents today. So essentially, there was a dollar change since he hurt himself. Since he seemed to have hurt himself, I don't I don't think he was faking. He legitimately fell over a speaker and was grabbing his leg. Well, listen, we're not much for conspiracy theories here, but I'll tell you this: if it seems like. <laughs> If it seems like that, oh, look, something happened. Oh, he could be hurt. And lo and behold, all the money's coming in on him. 
And lo and behold, the underdog wins. My radar goes up. And what was extremely suspicious about this, RJ, is sometimes you see like the, the really sharp books will move right at post. But here's the situation. Well, so explain that. The really sharp books will move right at post. Why is that? They're the ones that take the biggest limits. So okay. they're the ones. But why the, would they move at post? And when we see at post right before the event begins. Yes. Yeah, so the professionals get some information. They want to get down big on it right before the fight starts. And they'll bet it at the two or three shops. They really take a big bet. And, but, but why right before the fight starts? Presumably some information came out that was unavailable prior that may not have been available to the public. Now, sometimes in the NFL, when the professionals are trying to hide the way they're batting, they'll bet at the very last minute also because they don't want people to be able to follow them. So it could, it did have... Let's just agree to the following in this UFC tonight. The light heavyweight champion winning and the way the line moved, and we'll throw in there the seemingly false flag or whatever you want to call it regarding the injury to the underdog that ultimately won has all the makings of there was some real inside information. Now, what does inside information mean? Does it mean the game was or the match was fixed? Most likely not. So let's be very clear on this. Even if someone in great authority came and told me we had inside information on this and we were betting it like the event was over. Let's say we were told that by someone we trusted. The odds are still 90% that would have been information, as in the heavyweight was hurt, the heavyweight... Most likely it's either injury came across late that he didn't get to train the way he wanted to, or, and this is the fight game, he didn't take the fight seriously and didn't train properly, which could have happened. I mean, he's a heavyweight champ going against a guy who looks like a meatball at 5'10", 245. <laughs> and this was an information move. that You don't see this much betting late like this without rock-solid professional-level information. And I saw money move even at the square shops, RJ. Think about it. The places, the local places with the fight in town here, you would expect the favorite to go up, but yet even at the station casinos, the coast, that line was free-falling downward. This is pregame.com, straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell, Steve Cofield, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers. So, underdogs, it wasn't just the one dog tonight, Cofield. Five dogs won on the main card. And I don't five, know that five out of five? Five out of five. And four, uh, three via finish, two via decision. So let me get to the storyline I think you're going to like. So, Daniel Cormier, the light heavyweight champ, now has the heavyweight strap as well. Brock Lesnar, who's off suspension... Tested positive for PEDs, got a year. They were expecting him to come back at some point. He is all set to come into the cage. He's, I think he's going to get the matchup against the winner. So, fight's over. He comes in, walks across, pushes Daniel Cormier. Very pro-wrestling move. And they're probably going to make that fight, which is going to be a fascinating fight from an odd standpoint. Because I think when casual fans look at these two guys standing next to each other, they're going to be like, what? This is a freaking <laughs> joke. Brock Lesnar... Cuts to get to 265 pounds. He's six foot four. So he'll be six four, 265 with that giant dome and the muscles and all shredded and a sword on his chest. And then Daniel Cormier <laughs> is. That, that's always the topper. The, that, when I see, when well, the guy this, takes off the shirt and he has the sword on this, his this chest. Viking. So, uh, other people think it's something else pointed at his chin. It's you know, a little pervy. But Cormier is a small guy, but he's just. Not, this, not anyone I ever spoke to. Uh, he's. <laughs> He's this thick dude at 5'10", 245, and I'll tell you right now, now. if I were to guess at the odds, I think Cormier will be a favorite of minus 250 or minus 275. No way. 
So under that theory, if the heavyweight he beat was clearly favored over him, that heavyweight would have been like minus 400, minus 500 against I'm going off of John Jones is out because he has no discipline. John Jones beat Cormier. John Jones, the speculation was he could fight Lesnar and he was going to be minus 350. Here's but my you t- may be right. I may be a little aggressive based on if you're but a public you would, bookmaker, but I'm you, saying my number would be minus 250 or minus 275. But to balance out the betting, maybe that's a little crazy. But let's be clear. You would be shocked, shocked, shocked if Lesnar were the favorite. Yes. Wow. And the way... I will say, I know, did you mention the number? You thought it would be like 120 or something? Or no, I thought it would be did. 200. Okay. I thought that okay. Cormier would be minus 200 in that fight. So just to give a little insight, right before the show started, Cofield says, this Cormier, he looks like one of us. 5'10". <laughs> <Five, ten. laughs> but, you know, a lot more muscles. Yeah. He's massive across the shoulder. I mean, the guy, the guy's an Olympic-level wrestler. When he gets his hands on someone, he throws him around like a ragdoll. Last UFC question. One of the things I think casual fans, and I'm a casual fan, but I've been lucky enough to talk to guys that know what they're talking about. One of the things casual fans don't understand about the UFC is how quickly the sport evolves when it comes to tactics. Whereas we might say Jack Lambert, 215 pounds, Steelers, middle linebacker, four Super Bowl rings. He ran a 5-9 or 4-9. He couldn't play today. Yeah, it's been 40 years. The idea in the UFC, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cofield, two, three years, four years go by, the, the tactics change so much. Ronda Rousey, if she dropped down today in her prime, is she the best? I mean, the, to the point where the lament was, will the fight go over a minute so we so people will get their money's worth in a short five-year period, would she even be the best fighter in her prime? No. Because things are evolving so fast. Right. So does that apply to Lesnar, who was clearly the heavyweight champion in the UFC, but that's been a while. He's a one-trick pony. And that's the difference. Back, now is that, back in is the that day, the one trick you could, could get you over. If you were a wrestler and you could get guys down, lay on them, slow the fight down, grind it out, you could win. Now everyone trains in everything, and most high-level fighters aren't easy to take down. So everyone has every skill set. Brock Lesnar never really developed head movement, and this is going to sound stupid because no one likes to get punched. He really doesn't like to get punched. Like he really wilts when he starts getting hit. There are other guys who will go in there and they're into a bloodbath. They'll take shots left and right. He never really got up to speed on being able to take a punch. Just personally, I don't. I don't like to get hit either. I'll be honest. Exactly. I don't like to lose. Mm-hmm. I don't like to get hit. When we come back, shifting to the NBA, and we've got some surprising updated LeBron James odds. It's on the way. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Vegas! Rolling on straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, Cofield, I got a new rule for you. When Jay-Z comes in, it's just just respect. I think we got to let him do the full first verse. Okay. I'm down with it. Got it? Yes. Next Saturday, 10... I'll get it right. 10-15 Pacific, tune in and see... That's that's a real tease. Shows, yeah, next, <laughs> next week, let's see if we remembered. Quickly approaching 50. I forget things. As a professional odds maker, big <laughs> underdog, Cofield. All right, let's talk LeBron to the Lakers. How surprised was Vegas? 
by the LeBron signing in L.A.? This is such a great question because there's a answer that's going to be shocking, but when we explain why, it's going to be very telling. Here's the shocking part. The odds hardly moved at all. Now, how could that be? Is that a sign that LeBron's irrelevant and all this talk has been crazy? No, 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 no. What it means is Vegas, any market, the stock market, adds in all known information into its price at any given time. If something's known, it's being priced in. Might be priced in as irrelevant, as in not priced in, but it's being considered. Everyone felt like strongly LeBron was going to the Lakers. It was about 80% or so based on the betting market on just that proposition. So what did the bookmakers do? They said, okay, we're going to put the line, the odds for the Lakers to win the title pretty much where we think it will be if LeBron does go there. And oh, by the way, if he goes somewhere else like Houston, like Philadelphia, like Boston, some of the other plates stays in Cleveland, we're going to adjust those odds too because, hey, we're bookies and bookies are bad. We don't care about giving people a fair shake. So you were getting pretty much 80% towards the odds it would have been if LeBron went there. And the one place he went, they moved him that last, they moved the Lakers the last 20%, and everybody else they moved back to where they would be without LeBron. So on one hand, if you just looked at the odds the day before for the Lakers and the day after LeBron's decision 3.0, you would have said very little effect. But here's the question, Fez. And this is a new segment we're going to start, and it's Odds Makers Roundtable. Fez, you help me with the Associated Press odds, especially in the NFL that we do. 750 newspapers nationwide, over 1,000 websites every day. Those odds are up. Also, one of the most, probably the most famous sports book in the world, Pinnacle, you were an odds-making consultant there years ago. You're a guy who knows how to make odds. Let's make some odds here. What would the Lakers have been, in your opinion? This is we haven't prepared this. This is we're gonna watch the sausage being made. What do you think the Lakers' odds would have been if LeBron had chosen another team? Give me a moment here. Now, one thing I want you to think about. <laughs> see, we weren't lying about not preparing. <laughs> One thing I want you to think about, and I think this is important, is Lakers would have had a lot of cap room without LeBron. Now, they wouldn't have been able to spend that money near as effectively as spending it on LeBron, but it's not, oh, Lakers as currently constituted without LeBron versus Lakers with Le No, it would have been some other free agent instead of LeBron, but not nearly as good. It's a great point because my first thought was, around 100 to 1, but because of the point that you made, hey, they could pick up a big free agent. There's some uncertainty. Let's go 55 to 1. I think so. I would have said 50 to 1. So the odds moved to about 6 to 1. Now, at some places, people got really excited. People bet the Lakers with their heart, and it went to like 4 to 1. But then it settled back. So 6 to 1, I think, is a fair market assessment of the Lakers right now. And 
let's just call it 60 to 1 or so, a little bit higher than we said, without LeBron. So that is the answer. And you probably haven't heard that answer. The guys that we won't name any four-letter sites, but guys there don't know too much. I'll be candid about this business, and they just figure they can hire anybody. And, hey, that's something this business has to do better at because there is expertise in this business. In fact, if there's any business where you can measure expertise, winning and losing, having Fez, you, for example. I am Elma J. Foot, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. The fact you have a mansion and a yacht says you know what you're doing. Plus, you won two super contests. Only got to ever do that. And they think, oh, maybe we'll just hire a newspaper guy. We can get him cheap that seems to know a little bit about the odds. Very different. Nothing wrong with the person. It's just I really believe this industry needs experts. And, and we need to embrace experts. Why is it important? Why can't we just be loosey-goosey? Like, what's the, what's the actual downside? Because I'll, I'll just give you an example. Just going back to the heyday of USA Today. And you know what? Give USA Today credit. At least they got into Are the you going to Danny Sheridan bash? I'm not bashing him, but he used to, he put up some lines that were pretty crazy. What real damage is done? So first off, let's give USA Today a ton of credit. Absolutely. They use pregame.com's odds through the AP right now. So got to love USA Today. But all joking aside, Danny Sheridan, I think, has gotten a bum rap as the years have gone by. Because when he was putting the odds out in USA Today, my sense was he was doing a market consensus. They weren't, he wasn't coming up with his own odds. That's very difficult to do. And we don't do that typically. We do it for the NFL because we got to put the odds out actually before any sports book in the world opens up so the newspapers can have them Monday morning. And that takes a lot of work. And Fez is a master at it. But in general, if you're making odds every freaking day in February for Portland State and college basketball. <laughs> no individual in the world, one person could do that well, right? There'd be teams of people that could do that somewhat well. What we tend to do is say, okay, the pinnacles of the world, the best Vegas books, a um, couple other on offshore books, let a couple places put their odds up. Two of them have four and a half on a game. Another one has five. We say, huh, the weighted average says four and a half. We might make it five if we think five is right. And so we're going to put our opinion in there a half a point or so, but we're letting the market dictate, right? That's what people want to know is what the market odds are. Danny Sheridan did the same thing where he, I think, has gotten a bad rap and it wasn't applicable to his prior life as the USA Today odds maker was I think as the internet got bigger and bigger, and time was passing him by like it does all, you know, as Mark Jackson would say, father time is undefeated. He started saying some stuff that was a little wacky to get retweets, to get some attention. But historically, when I, and Fez, you've been batting even before you turned pro in 99, you were batting before that. Those USA Today odds were dated because obviously it's a print newspaper. They were pretty rock solid, wouldn't you say? They weren't even dated when I went to school. I was at Northwestern. This is 1986, and I used to have a bookie that I would bet, and he would deal whatever the lines were wow. in the USA Today. You know, a lot of lot, back in the 90s, especially the early 90s, a lot of bookies felt like no one could win, and they would get so lazy. They it literally, it'd be 12 hours later. When that line came out, they'd still just deal you that line. So I think Sher give him a lot of credit, but I do think in later years uh, he was striving for attention. Wasn't here to bash.
<laughs> I just remember some of the some of the crazy number, you know, at the, no, at the low enough. end. At the in low in end. the last and, five and years, sportsbooks just don't offer. In the last five years, yeah, don't offer. Well, they offered five hundred to one on the Vegas Golden Knights, but that was a rare example in the NHL with an expansion team. But you asked the question, and are you playing devil's advocate here, or when you say why do why should we care if the writer at website XYZ knows what he's talking about Vegas wise? I actually wonder what damage it does. Here's the damage. Sports betting involves money. Now, to me, the most dangerous thing that could ever be conveyed about sports betting is it's easy to win. And I probably say this once a month, but it's so important it's worth saying. There's a lot of good information out there. We do a lot of stuff I'm proud of at pregame, but we're far from the only place that does good work. Here's the way to tell if you should even consider a place. Do they try to make it seem like it's easy to win? Mm. If they do that, run the other way because it's not easy to win and it's getting harder to win. And what we try to do is say, we think we can help you win more to do better. But most of you out there, even if you listen to every podcast, every tweet, if somehow I, you got me convinced to call you on the phone at, Mm, 50 bucks a minute. That's about right. At 50 bucks a minute to, to, to coach you up. Even if you were betting my exact picks, it'd be hard for most people to win. The reason? Because it's not just having good information. It's good money management. It's good shopping for lines. It is a full-time job to be a winning sports better, and you have to be talented. Now, RJ, I got to ask you, the last four years on your public picks, you have won. What would you set the odds that you're going to win for the fifth year in a row in the NFL this coming year? I'm, let's be candid. Oddsmakers <laughs> roundtable. Let's be, let's be candid. I'm mighty good in the NFL. That's my sport. You have really good sources. Point at himself. <laughs> I would say this. I, I wouldn't want to. I'm a favorite. I'm just going to leave it that simple. I'm a favorite there. But guys, all fun aside is... The only people who are going to say it's easy are people that's trying to uh, appeal to your greed. And all that said, though, I think good information, Steve, to quickly answer your question here is key because if you don't have the correct information, then it's impossible to win and you're going to lose a ton and it's not even so much. Oh, is this quarter? You know, we think this quarterback's worth seven points. And some uninformed person thinks he's worth three, and that's going to be a catastrophe. Yeah, it's bad to have bad information, but that's not what it is. It's just basic things like how hard it is to win and a bunch of other things. Because here's the last, I think, bad part of it when it comes to a lot of the other media companies doing this. The big boys. They don't have contacts with professional batters. It's hard to get those contacts. You know why? They don't know how to filter them. They hear some guy named Jimmy the, you know, Jimmy Smith or whatever, and he uh, or Jimmy the Falcon. It's how do we know if Jimmy the Falcon's any good? They really don't. I've been here 20 years. I know if Jimmy the Falcon is good or not, and I choose if I'm going to use him as one of my sources. Some guy from Atlanta has no idea if Jimmy the Falcon's any good. By the way, there is no Jimmy the Falcon. <laughs> I know that much too. So, what do they do? They go to book they go to the bookmakers. Now, imagine how crazy that is is the bookmakers are in competition with the batters and the websites, the media companies are writing for the batters 
but their only or pretty much their main source, if not only source, is the competition. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me. When we come back, we're going to continue the odds makers roundtable with another very interesting LeBron proposition. But first, Steve DeSager has the latest. The late ball game at Arizona has just ended. 20-5 to Diamondbacks defeated the Padres hitting five home runs. Paul Goldschmidt's 20th of the season. San Diego Will Myers had three home runs in the win for the D-backs. David Peralta, five for six at the plate. Three RBIs. Washington 18-4 to winners against Miami. Mark Reynolds of the Nationals went five for five with two homers and ten runs batted in. Boston won its fifth straight, 15-4 to at Kansas City. The Royals have lost eight in a row. The Dodgers in Atlanta each won. Detroit scored seven runs in the first inning and beat Cole Hamels in Texas 7-2. to Oakland with a comeback 11-inning win at Cleveland 6-3. to Houston won its fifth straight game. Colorado its fifth win in a row. Philadelphia won its sixth straight. And the Cubs scored four runs bottom of the eighth and beat the Reds 8-7. to At UFC 226, Stipe Miocic was heavy Heavyweight champ, but got beaten by the light heavyweight champ tonight, Daniel Cormier, who won on a late first round KO. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore, with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. NASCAR's 400 at Daytona was won by Eric Jones tonight. At Wimbledon, number one ranked Simona Halep lost her third round match. Only one of the top 10 ladies' seeds is still alive, with still a week to go. At the World Cup quarterfinals, England and shut out Sweden 2 to nothing. Croatia eliminated host Russia on penalty kicks. Fox TV with the rest of the tournament, including Tuesday's semifinal. That'll be the next game, France against Belgium, and the World Cup semi the next day, Wednesday on Fox TV, England against Croatia. Back to you. Thank you, Steve. We're back here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, straight out of Vegas. Oddsmaker roundtable. So I want some Lakers numbers. Uh, first, we started this debate on the short show on Friday night, over-under wins for this L.A. Lakers team in 2018-2019. All right, Fez, we're always letting you, the NBA expert, take the first crack at this. We have discussed this just a little bit, and a little heads up, big disagreement here. <laughs> so let me uh, – let's get your number first. So over-under win total means 82 games the regular season. How many games – Will the team win? Let's create some context. What were the Golden State Warriors this past season? Win total. Their win total was 58. They actually won 58, but their win total was mid-60s. So 65 or so. Right. Okay. So that gives you, that's as high as you, even after they won the 73 games and signed Durant, if I remember, it was like 67 and a half or 68, right? Yeah, that's pretty much the ceiling on any team, typically. Oh, well, yeah. And a team like the Cavs last year with LeBron, who won 50 games, their win total was? Mid-50s. Okay. So that's a good that's a good context creator. Oh, I, I feel like I trapped you there, too. So 55, 50, hint, hint, 55 for the Cavs. Lakers, Steve Fezzik's opening number. This is not... The odds, this is his first virgin number, and we'll correct it. My outlaw number, which is sure to be wrong, and RJ will take more money from me, <laughs> shows the danger sticking your neck out. 52 wins for the Lakers. Okay, so let's start with the following acknowledgments. One, teams historically with a lot of turnover, even if they upgrade their talent, 
start slow. And Miami Heat, the 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 big three, you know, what were they ten and nine or whatever to start that season? I think we can agree that that's a factor that is pressing down on the Lakers win total. Is that something you consider strongly? Perhaps not enough. Okay. Well, I would think with such a low number, you did a good bit, but it wasn't part. So under, help us understand what your calculation was. Well, the Lakers won 35 games last year. Okay. I expected without LeBron, they would actually improve upon that. We all know LeBron is the most important person in the NBA. He should be worth 20 wins. So now I'm at 57. But then I think about it's a lot harder. So first of all, where did you get the 20 wins? 20 wins. That felt like that was pulled out of nowhere. Fair enough. Or nowhere good. If you put LeBron out of a nowhere good team, on a nowhere good team, he'd be worth 20 wins. But the problem is the Lakers were Why? You're making stuff up right now. So here's the trick. To the odds makers roundtable. Sometimes you're just going to say it's a gut feeling, or don't try to make up stuff. So I'm going to ask you one more time, and then maybe you won't be the lead guy next time. <laughs> where? Explain to me where you got 52 from. It was a gut hunch. I feel the Lakers are better than all these ancillary playoff teams like the Denver's, the Utah's, the Oklahoma Cities, and they're all going to be lined around 49 wins. So I made them three games higher. Hmm. How much better are the Lakers? First off, we got to acknowledge the following. The Lakers aren't done. They have a real chance for Kawhi. And they have a real chance for other signings, too. No one disagrees with that, do they? No, you can't. So I think 52 maybe might be right for this current team. I still think it's a little low. But let me ask this question. How many games would you guess is the average improvement the Lakers will make from the team is currently constituted compared to the team that starts the season? Meaning if they get Kawhi, that might be worth seven, eight, nine games. They get free agent XYZ, maybe it's worth five. Would we agree that the the average amount of wins that's going to be added based on future moves is somewhere five, six, seven? Well, I built that in to the fact that... I know you did, which is making wow. it more ludicrous. If they had but to what, start with this roster... I know you're avoiding the can we question. Play, can we play the game with three players? Absolutely. Like, just try to put it together? So if they get Kawhi, how many more wins? Knock it up to 55, but they're going to have to give up so a lot. He's only, he's only worth three because they're giving up a lot. Yeah, he's worth a lot more, but they're going to they're gonna have to give up an extreme amount of their youth. But the youth is, is something that's not very good, apparently. See, uh-huh. this... Listen... Here's the reality, and I'm going to make – I don't do hot takes, cold cash over hot takes. This is an extreme statement. I think LeBron James is the most valuable player today in the history of team sports. Think about this a second. Now, I don't think LeBron's better than Michael. In fact, I think that is a clear no. So how could it be more valuable than Michael? Because – Michael was so intense. You put Michael on a bad team, who he, there might be there might be uh, assault charges every three days, right? Not that LeBron's perfect demeanor or whatever by most accounts, but he took a Cavs team by all accounts. That and and here's the question we asked last night that really shows how bad the Cavs were. You take the best player off of every team, so every team suffers. 
losing their best player. So Golden State loses Durant. Go up and down the list. Okay. Cavs are potentially the worst team in the NBA. Last year's Cavs. Right? Uh, maybe maybe there's three or four teams, a little bit. They're one of the five worst teams in the NBA. Yes yep. or no? You're nodding. They might be the worst team. Okay. One of the worst. And LeBron made the finals with the worst team and won 50 games with a real obvious disinterest of the regular season. Now, what you're telling me is he's going to the Lakers where making a statement, yeah, there is going to be that integration time, no doubt. But being all lackadaisical, you think the attention that LA is going to get if somehow the the Lakers uh, are, let's say, 20 and 20 at the 40-game mark of the season won't be so intense that there's going to be that little extra like, hey, let's make a statement this year with the Lakers team that if you remove their best player, in fact, you don't even have to think like that because right now LeBron's just being added with no other good players yet being removed. How much better are the Lakers without LeBron compared to the Cavs without LeBron? I mean, how many games better is that Lakers team? So Lakers won how many games last year? 37. And how many games would the Cavs win without LeBron if they replayed last season? 17? They would have dropped 26 game, more games. Okay. Just so you know, the, the last time he left, they dropped 42 wins. When he came back, they went plus 20. Okay. So the point I'm saying is the Lakers are what? How many games better than the Cavs, last year's Lakers, than the Cavs without LeBron? The Lakers are only going to be about 18 games better with them because it's going to be only, harder to win. Only, yeah. okay. So let's call it 20 just to round it up. So I'm confused. The Cavs won 50 games with LeBron. Now you have a Lakers team that's 20 games better adding LeBron. And somehow you think they're going to win two games more. My number looks low. <laughs> My strength, <laughs> I think it does. The West is loaded, so I, I did factor in strength the schedule, West versus East, but it looks like I over-factored it. I, I tell you, a lot of people agree with you. One of our, you do, Steve. Absolutely, yeah. So so make the case, defend what I just asked. I, th- I think 52 and a half is the number, but to your point, you do have to build. Well, first off, we're just it. repeating you, something doesn't make it the case. Well, I said it first last night, so no, it's not I, repeating but it. But what I'm saying no, is I just think, to restate it, you go, I go answer the question. I think 52 and a half is well, the number. I'm going to answer it. Right, go ahead. 52 and a half is the number. <laughs> oh, now third we time. Should, we oh, should, I, you know, I agree with you now. <laughs> we should probably build in the unknown, the possibility of getting Kawhi, getting Lillard. I'll even say this, getting Carmelo Anthony could be worth a win or two. That may seem absurd. But if he's bought in, that's a good addition. But I do agree with what Fez said at the end. This is part of my case. The West is better than it was last year. I only think there are three teams that will regress in the West this coming season. Three. I think the bottom is coming up with four or five more wins. I think the Spurs will drop down. And I think everyone else, Clippers will drop down too. But beyond that, everyone else, maybe the Rockets will drop down. If you had to guess right so I now... I think everyone's going to be pretty much in the same range outside of about three teams. I think you're making a good point. I don't think it's enough of a factor to make 52 the right number for the Lakers over under wins. But the idea that, hey, they're playing a greater percentage of games in the West, which is generally better, and this year seems to be significantly better, I think that's a valid point. I think 
we are so underestimating LeBron. The idea, think about this, guys. Cavs would have been about 10 to 1 to win the title if LeBron resigned. Right now, <laughs> the Cavs are 650 to 1 because one player left. That player went to LA. That means a ton. Speaking of meaning a ton, we've got a theory on Kawhi Leonard that I haven't heard anywhere else. That's on the way straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! It's straight out of Vegas coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We are getting a spirited response to the debate (laughs) on Twitter. And here's the question. Over, under, win total for the Lakers, given the givens today. We don't know is... Leonard going to come to the Lakers? We don't know. We don't know who they're going to sign, but we know Vegas prices uncertainty. Fezzik, professional better, says 52, 52 and a half. I think closer to 55, 55 and a half with the statement LeBron may be, I think he is the most valuable player in the history of team sports. And we said it last segment. It bears repeating. If the Cavs had signed LeBron, re-signed LeBron, they would have been about 10 to 1 to win the title. Without the Cavs are 650 to 1 to win the title. Cofield, what's the feedback been? A couple of tweets on this. A Mark Federon said the total will be 49 and a half. That's hmm. low. Then a John Bassey says the over-under for the Lakers will be 47 wins, but I think he's trying to set a number so he wins a bet. He set his number. It's like playing chess yeah, against yourself yeah, yeah. and, and doing a queen sacrifice. But Mark L.A. down for the over with 50 and 32 record. <laughs> Boy, that'd be cool. You know, they, they, there's been people in the past in Vegas who they say an odds maker will put a bad number up and have a shill bet for him and gobble up the bad number, and it all gets buried. Think about it. Uh, let's say back in the day, Especially, they were making a pretty modest amount of money. There was a lot of shenanigans in Vegas, certainly back then. There was one other guy on Twitter. He was critical, and I never give names of critical people, but he said, stop picking on Fezzik. Now, wait a minute. The guy is the most famous sports better in the world, and I'm picking on him? Come on. I must be be (laughs) tough as nails. Uh, A little bit of... Uh, breaking news to mention. Brock Lesnar is going to be fighting Daniel Cormier. Another hour on the way, straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, back for another hour. You heard it. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. Hour number two, action pack, two pregame pros. Steve Fezzik, who is being defended on Twitter. Fez, how does it feel, all joking aside, only two time Super Contest champion? You've been making a living betting sports this entire century. You started in like 1999, haven't worked a straight job since. And somehow RJ Bell is just beating you up so bad. There's people on Twitter saying, please, please, for humanity's sake, don't beat up Steve anymore about sports betting. Well, I want to thank my brother and my father for (laughs) having my back here, but We've spoken about this before, RJ, that if we actually were on equal ground and debating some something, any topic, 
you would win that debate 98% of the time. You have tremendous debating skills. So think about what he's saying Come on. there. Think of, no, no, no. Come on. It sounds like a compliment. I know. But it's actually a dig. Because what he's saying is, if only the truth right. could reveal itself clearly without your silver tongue, the debate club that, skills, that, then somehow, out. somehow, my correct, physics correct <laughs> answer would show itself. But you are deceiving with your fancy college-educated words, and thus I seem to be being beaten. See, you're proving my point right there. That was so well spoken. <laughs> oh, I'm not buying this new era where a guy with a mansion and yacht is somehow. A Sympathetic character. All right, but here's what we know. Fezzik, pregame pro. Brad Powers, the guy with all the college knowledge, and we are going to be talking Heisman Trophy odds. He's an expert at that. But first, we got to clean, finish up some of this Laker talk, getting a ton of attention on social media. So we had the odds makers roundtable in hour one. I want a number on the Lakers playoff chances with LeBron. So, Fez, clearly, Lakers are favored to make the playoffs. We could say minus X, minus 300, 400, 500, 600. Let's do it, though, percentage. What is the percentage chance, in your mind, the Lakers make the playoffs? And this is off the cuff. I did not run a high-level actuarial model, RJ. You know know when he's bagging off before he puts out the first number. 80%. Okay. 80%. So, one out of five times... The Lakers don't make the playoffs. LeBron James doesn't make the playoffs one out of five times. Well, LeBron James could blow out his Achilles in December. You think those odds are about one out of five? No, that's probably about one out of 17 that he has a really severe injury. Okay, interesting. So other than that... Was that run on the... the, the, What was it? The actuarial tables? So so we all understand the earth could end. There could be, you know, a big tidal wave that comes and washes away the stable center. But within... Back here on earth is... You're telling me there's a 20% chance LeBron James doesn't make the playoffs. The guy that's made the finals eight straight years. Well, LeBron James himself said, boy, I was worried about us making the playoffs with Cleveland. Okay, that was tongue-in-cheek. But yes, 20% chance they miss. He's he's doing like you, Kofi. He'll just repeat himself. He's not defending it at all. What would you put, the, the square chair, what would you put the number? 90%. I think it's higher than that. I mean, I think they have to win 47 games to feel safe. I don't know anything about that. LeBron's not missing the playoffs. I mean, that's what no, I we know. We can put a number on the number of wins in the West that it's going to take but, to get I mean, in. You, but you're just you're wild guessing that as much as wild guessing anything. right? We have no idea. But what we know is LeBron James has made the finals eight straight years. And the team he's got this year, even if they don't add the Lakers anyone else, and we know they will, is so much better than the Cavs were last year. I feel like you keep ignoring, though, the, the West. The difference. And we, you could argue 12 of the best 16 teams in the league are in the West. Let me ask you a question. Who was in the – we had the Warriors and we had the Rockets in the semifinals of the West. Who mm-hmm. were the two other teams? Now I'm blanking on them. Who was it? New Orleans? Yeah, New Orleans. Ooh. New Orleans with 48 Ooh. wins. Yep. How good they were. <laughs> and Utah? Yeah. Ooh, I'm scared of Utah. <laughs> I mean, come on. But reality that is, was they, the both, four they both won 48 teams. games. What, you have to win a certain number of games to make playing, the playoffs. Listen, if all we can do, if all we're going to do is point to the number of wins. I that, know, but if all we're going to do is point to, uh, I don't, 
you know, I don't recognize anyone on Utah. They're not an impressive team. All, all I know yeah. is Anthony Davis is on the Pelicans. Here's what I know. We got to look at rosters. We got to look at L- growth let me of ask the you team. Quite, let me ask you a question. Yes. Did you at any point for a moment, for a moment, feel like Golden State was going to lose to the Pelicans? No. Did you for a moment think Houston was going to lose to Utah? We're, no, but we're not okay. arguing. Are the Hold Lakers on. one of the two best teams? No, so the, the idea that the West is so deep, I mean, w- would we really, like right now, Utah versus the 76ers, are we really thinking that, that, that Utah would be some big favor? No. Yeah. So why isn't, if Utah's one of the third or fourth best team in the West, what were the Sixers in the East? I mean, I don't understand. And do we really think Toronto would have been an underdog against the Pelicans? This idea the West is so good, I don't get it. I didn't see anyone other, I think their third best team was not good. Well, the, yeah, it was Portland, and they were not good. So this this well, exalting of the West is, I think it's it's. You might have read a Sports Illustrated from four years ago, and last night, and didn't see the date. But I see nothing about the West. I'm all that excited about, you know. And also, RJ, to except your, LeBron. To your point, being added. If all these teams, there's a week to go in the playoffs, and all these teams are like they were last year, fighting for the last playoff spot, and it turns out that LeBron and the Lakers are one of them, he's going to go into dad mode, beast mode, and all of a sudden, when he's playing Utah, they're not going to be laying three. They're going to be laying seven and a half in that game. Straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell with Steve Cofield, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers. We're talking college football here in a little bit. Let's talk about Kawhi Leonard. And Steve, set it up, because I think there's been some news today or news in the last day or two and we've got a take on it I have not heard anywhere else. Tony Parker is leaving the Spurs after 17 years. Two-year deal to go to Charlotte for $10 million. If you remember, Tony Parker was one of the players who was vocal, critical of Kawhi Leonard, and may have pushed that even further south in terms of the issues between the Spurs and Camp Kawhi. So the theory is there's one guy that was the poster child of problems with Kawhi. Now he's gone. Thus, the chance of the Spurs retaining Kawhi goes up. And I'm asking, can't hurt it. Here's I the, can't say definitively because I don't know all the issues. I don't know what all of the issues are. Here's my understanding. Yes, the Spurs wanted to re-sign Parker. Is that your understanding? They did. Okay, so if the Spurs were trying to push him out to appease Kawhi, they wouldn't have tried to re-sign him. I think this. Imagine this now, the Spurs. And they're famous. There's a famous story Bill Simmons told that uh, Johnson, the the guy, Avery Johnson, who was the player, the coach eventually, they were doing some media together years ago, and they were going to go to dinner after with some people. And he he tells Simmons, Johnson says, hey, got to go. We got a team meeting. I'll see you tomorrow. Team meeting? What do you, or I'm sorry, a team dinner. He says, team dinner? What are you talking about? He goes, oh, yeah, Spurs are in town. Pop, Pop called a dinner. So, like, these former players, some that's coached and played other places since, have felt this this, this brotherhood, this family with the Spurs. And that, I think, is a very telling story about that. So now when we hear that Kawhi feels so disenfranchised, feels so disconnected from the Spurs, our natural inclination is to blame Kawhi. 
And I'm not saying that's true or not true. But how do we explain Tony Parker choosing to leave? Not going to Golden State. Not going to the, going to perhaps one of the five worst places in the league to play basketball. Going to a team that'll be fired up to win thirty five games. And he only and I'll say only with a chuckle, ten million dollars for two years. So how much more could that be than what the Spurs would have offered him? So pretty much for an immaterial for him amount of money, he chose to leave the Spurs. So now we have a second instance of something that makes no sense based upon history. So you actually think this backs Kawhi a little bit, his case? I think it opens up the question, and I don't even feel comfortable getting into it other than to state it at a very high level. Popovich, <laughs> no, 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 I'm being Not serious. because I want to give you something else. Go ahead, finish. Popovich yes. lost his wife. Mm-hmm. She passed away. And how do we know how that's affecting things? What we know is that Popovich is committed to coach the Olympics in 2020. Would it make sense that he doesn't coach the Spurs, but coach it? Maybe he feels locked in. And this is a surly guy. I think by any account, it's a surly guy. If you have a surly guy that perhaps doesn't want to be there anymore, perhaps, but feels locked in for whatever reason, 2020 Olympics being another example. And don't forget, and this is something Colin's been talking about right here on Fox Sports Radio about the Patriots. When you're not winning quite as much, now listen, the Patriots are winning, but they didn't win the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, all of this intensity, all of this surliness from Belichick, maybe the tolerance goes down a little bit. The Spurs aren't supposed to win all that much this year. They certainly didn't win all that much last year. And assuming Popovich's surliness went up 20%, just a little bit, and now you're not winning Who's to say if our assumptions about the Spurs and anyone that is in conflict with them, it's probably their fault? I think it's very possible. And this Tony Parker thing very much surprises me. It's very possible that premise has changed. Can I also throw out, what if Tony Parker was told by Pop that he's not staying around or told by someone in the organization this is going to be a complete teardown? So you know what? Go take the deal. But Go elsewhere. could it be worse than, let, let's just say this, I'd make my biggest bet of the year if you said next year's win total or number of wins, Charlotte or San Antonio. $10,000 minimum bet. I'm betting the Spurs. Spurs were plus 11 this last year. Okay. Wins. Right. So you want to bet? No. <laughs> so it feels like whatever the Spurs do, they probably are going to win, be favored well, to win they, more games than, than, than Charlotte. Well, they have to do a, a teardown by... Trading Kawhi? I guess they'd get enough back. They didn't, they didn't, plus, they, Kawhi played, what, 11 games? Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they won 48 without him. Yeah. Just a little bit more than the Lakers, apparently, are going to win with LeBron. <laughs> so I want to get into the boogie effect. We got a lot of good stuff to get, up, get into with uh, Boogie Cousins and the amazing swing in bets towards Golden State. And the thing about this, this is the odds move. There was an odds adjustment when Boogie signed with Golden State, and it was one of the more shocking adjustments I've seen, not just in the NBA, but any sport in a long time. It's on the way, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 
Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Great news. There's a quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Boogie Cousins shocks the world. Vegas reacts. The betters react strongly. A ton of money coming in on Golden State for the title in 2019. Before Boogie signed, so that morning, you could have bet Golden State plus money. They were the favorite to win the NBA title, but still plus money. Hundred would have won you 130, so plus 130. Boogie signs. It goes to minus 140. Now, what does that mean percentage-wise? Their odds, Golden State to win the title, went up 15% based on signing Boogie Cousins. Now, here is a way to have your mind blown about what that 15% increased chance to win the title represents. The Philadelphia 76ers, maybe the team, certainly one of the couple teams with the most excitement, two top 20 players by most accounts. Two of those top 20 players who probably have the most potential to make a quantum leap. That was an interesting question we asked on the podcast we do with Podcast One every week, the Dream Preview. You can just go to my Twitter at RJ in Vegas or search RJ Bone, any podcast player. Get that. We did two hours and 15 minutes deep diving on LeBron and the different NBA stuff. And the question we asked, Cofield, you weren't on the show, you don't do that show, is if we said amongst the 20 players who are the best in the NBA, and we said let's rank him by who we expect to take the biggest step forward this year, could the case be made Embiid and Simmons are one and two? Yes, very much so. Maybe, you know, obviously there's a couple other young, really good players, but they're certainly in the top five to potentially. So, okay, 76ers, excitement, trust the process, hashtag 20 to one to win the title. Forgetting the VIG, 20 to one means 5% chance to win the title. So Philadelphia's total overall all-in chance to win the title is 5%. Golden State's chance to win the title went up 15%, three times that, just by signing Boogie Cousins. That is a gigantic movement, and it makes no sense to me. So we will turn to Steve Fezzik. Explain that movement. Oh, I wish I could, RJ. It makes no sense to me either. Boogie Cousins, when he was playing with New Orleans, and he was 100% healthy, wasn't worth very much to that unit. And now he's coming off an Achilles injury. Normally I can explain huge line moves and tell you the main driver. I can't explain this one other than public money and and the team has become overhyped. Just so people know numbers-wise, because when they hear that, when they hear, hey, DeMarcus Cousins wasn't worth much to the Pelicans, they were 27 and 21 with him. They were 21 and 13 without him. And by press reports, they chose not to sign him at the behest. That's like a godfather term. At the behest of Anthony Davis. Had you heard that report, Steve? Yes, that Davis may have said, you know what, no thank you. And I refuse to be a fool. Didn't want to sign him. Let's move on without him. So how, say it again? Let's move on without him. How bad is he in the locker room? (laughs) Now, Brad, you've got some data, and this is what's great about the internet and this data-driven world we are in. Some things not so great, but this is great. We've done, and people have done analysis, or we have analysis people have done, about the effect of an Achilles injury. 
Yeah, and, and this was a medical study done a, a couple years ago, but it, it, you talk sample size, we're talking a 23-year period in the NBA where they identified 18 players that tore their Achilles. And what their career moving forward was after tearing their Achilles, seven of those 18 players never played again in the NBA. So that's basically 40% of the players that tore an Achilles tendon never played another, you know, obviously minute in the NBA. And among the players that came back, missed an average, an average of 56 games in their next two seasons. So my question is, okay, Boogie does come back in January, February. How effective is he going to be? And we talked about being a locker room guy. I mean, all from all reports, he's going to be coming off the bench. Have they told Boogie, hey, you're not going to be in the starting lineup. You're going to be a bench player. I don't know if that's going to go over well with Boogie. And I think in general, the public bets like it's fantasy league, it's rotisserie league, and the idea of adding an all-star to the best team perhaps ever assembled is cause for excitement. Yeah. Steve Carr was even fanning the flames a little more at the summer league. I think yesterday he made a comment. He's like, yeah, we needed another all-star on the roster. <laughs> but here's, He's actually embracing being very disliked as an organization. So here's some reporting. I want to see, Cofield, if you read also, that Lakers had a chance to sign Boogie at pretty much the same price and said no. I heard you. that. Yes, correct. So, wow. I mean, it says a lot about Cousins and the rest of the league if it's true that no one else really made an offer. the Cel- it Apparently, it was down to the Warriors and the Celtics. But, the, but most teams backed off. But the idea that Lakers would say no thank you, but the Vegas market and the batters, the recreational batters mostly, betting see, or uh, title odds, were so enthusiastic. So, uh, I want to get to this question that you tweeted out. I thought this was awesome. Again, this is playing to the, hey, they've got five All-Stars, and obviously they've won three or four championships. How good is Golden State? We talked about the power in the West and the depletion of major names in the East. The tweet you sent out was what? Golden State against the Eastern Conference All-Stars this coming season. That's the question. I heard people that were quite savvy in the NBA discuss it and saying if you compare starting fives and obviously there's a couple of mm, question marks. One, how much time would the East All-Stars get to prepare? Because even if they got a full month, let's say, or similar to an Olympic team, you know, like the U.S. Olympic team, even more than that, there's still going to be cohesion problems. The, the, The teamwork won't be the same as a an ongoing team, especially one like Golden State that's played together for so long. Number two is depth, right? After you get to that sixth, seventh, eighth guy, the East is going to have a big edge. So let's kind of say for this fun conversation that we're going to forget about the teamwork factor, which would be pro Golden State. We're going to forget about depth. That would be pure uh, pro East. And just look at starting five versus starting five. And... I think the case can be made. In fact, I think it's hard not to make the case that Golden State would be favored against the East All-Stars. Cofield, read for me who's on your the Cofield East team. Let's just do this starting five. John Wall, Kyrie Irving, Greek Freak. I guess I'll go with two of the Sixers, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So Simmons, Embiid, Greek Freak, Kyrie, and John Wall. Who would be the? Who's the last guy on that team? Who's the last guy on the team? Uh, names like Andre Drummond. No, no, no. I'm saying who's the last guy on your starting five? Oh, my starting five. 
Uh, probably Embiid. Okay. Who would you replace Embiid with if you had to? I'd go smaller and try to go with a shooter or defender, Bradley Beal. Ooh. He did make the All-Star team last year. Or Victor Oladipo. <laughs> Ooh. All right. So I think your team is right. All right. Fez, what's the number? Yeah, it's not a question who's going to be favored. It's how much I'm going to make Golden State favored. Five against five. They played, I don't know, they play five minutes, take a break. Minus three, Golden State. Golden State on a neutral, clear <laughs> favorites. This is absurd. Over the East All-Stars. Wowza. Give us your feedback on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. What was the feedback that you got? I think most people were like, isn't this ridiculous? It was almost like, you know how they talk about the stages of grief? It was like people read it, and I think their first instinct would have been, no way. And then they thought about it and said, how could this be? So it was a lot of kind of acceptance. I think they quickly got to the acceptance stage of grief. You know, it's really hard to make the NBA first team, right, for All-Stars. There's, We're only, just talking there's the whole five league. of them. The whole, the whole league. There is only one player in the East who's made an NBA first team. One player. Every other guy currently playing is in the West. The one player is Joachim Noah. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> the West has everyone. Now, that doesn't mean, obviously, coming up in the future, these Kyrie Irving has a chance if he's healthy to be a first-teamer. Clearly, Greek Freak is right on the edge, and Bede could be right there. Your guy, Ben Simmons, Collins' guy, Ben Simmons, right there. No, I agree. And close listeners, and one of the things we really at Straight Out of Vegas pride ourselves on is we got a lot of people that listen to the whole show. They want all the Vegas info. If you're batting, it kind of makes sense. You don't want to, for free especially, miss out. They might say, wait a minute, RJ, you were just saying how the West isn't all that good. Well, it's a yeah. oh, wait. Steve's like, hey, I'm, I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but here, but here's the point. Being the best team, where if you're saying who's going to win, like that'd be an interesting question, Fez, and maybe we're going to do an update here in a minute, and maybe when we come back, this is what you could give us. In the NFL, we often have AFC versus NFC odds before we even know who the teams are. If we had a West versus East odds in the series, in the finals, what would your number be? You can work on that. But first, Kevin Figures has the latest. All right, guys, we'll start in the octagon where UFC light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier added more gold to his ledger. He had a first-round knockout of Stipe Miocic on Saturday night, capturing his first UFC heavyweight championship. Cormier becomes just the second UFC fighter to hold titles in two different weight classes following Conor McGregor, who did that a couple of years ago after the fight. UFC President Dana White announced that Cormier will defend the title against former heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar. Date and location have yet to be determined. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. On the diamond, Arizona beat the Padres like they stole something. 20-5 was the final score in the desert as the Snakes racked up 18 hits and scored a run in all but one inning on the night. Padres started Tyson Ross got run after just Two innings of work where he allowed eight earned runs. Phillies, they beat the Pirates 3-2 for their sixth straight win. Dodgers avenge Friday night's loss in Anaheim with a 3-1 win over the Angels. Wins for the Astros, Tigers, and A's. Mark Reynolds went 5-5 five for five and drove in 10 runs for the Nationals as they curb stomp Miami 18-4. Back to straight out of Vegas. All right, Kevin. Cofield, you made such a great point. All NBA, only five players make it a year. 
as prestigious as you get. And if you look at all the players that's ever made the first team. Who are playing right now. These are the current players. All the the current players. There's one in the East, and his name is? Joachim Noah. The West has LeBron, Durant, James Harden, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, DeAndre Jordan, Marcus All, Dirk Nowitzki, Derek Rose. Two guys who are sort of available, although one is committed already. Uh, these are the only two remaining players who've been a first-teamer in the NBA, Dwight Howard and Dwayne Wade. The West has only one current player. So no one's going to debate at the top. So the West the East only has one current player. No one's going to debate at the top. The West is loaded, loaded. If we said generically West versus East in a series, and let's assume there's no home court advantage just to make it where it's just who the better team is, what is the money line, Fez, in your mind for the generic West against the generic East in next year's NBA Finals? West wins 80%, so West minus 400. Boy, that might even be short. So think about it. There's five teams recapping this idea of lack of parity. There's five teams in the NBA with a real chance to win the title. Philadelphia, Boston, Los Angeles, Houston, Golden State. No other team is better than 50 to 1. No other team has even a 2% chance except those five to win the title. But you might say, well, wait a minute. Two of those teams are in the East. Ah, not so bad. We're saying 80-plus percent chance that the West wins the title. And the implied odds on Boston are about 15%. Philly, 5%. There you go, 20%. Fez, his eyes lit lit up. He goes, you know, I think I came up with a pretty good number. I think you did. I think you did. No doubt about that. Here's what we know about Fezzik. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the world. And that's why. (laughs) But to close the NBA talk, I don't think it really extends past the very top. If I'm looking at, you know, who, let's just say OKC, are they, I mean, obviously by the odds, OKC is the fourth best team in the West, is the plan, uh, or is, is the expectation? New Orleans is in the mix, Utah's in the mix, Portland's in the mix. Is there any of those teams that you say, oh, I just love them so much more than, let's say, the, you know, Washington, Milwaukee? Or, I think that top loaded for sure, but after that, I think the leagues are pretty even. So, what are the five teams total? So, Rockets, mm-hmm. Golden State, yes. clearly Lakers. Okay, and then that's what I wanted Philly to hear. I wanted to hear you have Lakers in there. Yeah, well, these are the odds. I mean, yeah. if you look at the odds, Philly's that's a good point. Philly's twenty to one. Yep. Lakers are six to one. Houston's eight to one. Yep. Boston's five to one. And Golden State is minus one forty, so better than fifty percent chance. Minus one eighty now, RJ. It's even going up. Yes. Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Eight Saturdays away from college football. RJ Bell is here. Steve Cofield, Fezzik, Brad Powers. We got into a little bit of value last week with the Heisman, but there's a ton of players who could be in the mix here. So I want you to give us some more of these value plays. Well, well, first, let's identify where there's value in the Heisman Trophy. And in order to do that, you got to talk what's happened with the Heisman Trophy the last 18 years, this century. 
It's been very quarterback dominated. 15 of the last 18 Heisman winners have been from the quarterback position. It's been quarterbacks from dominant teams. Average win total. The wins that they've won during the regular season for them Heisman winners have been 11. 11 wins a season. So you want to take a quarterback from a team that's a national title contender. And you also, this is the one area where it's okay to take a long shot. Six of the last nine Heisman winners, their odds have been 20 to 1 or greater in the preseason, and they've actually gone on to win the Heisman. Speaking of long shots, Brad moved to Vegas from, was it Cowtown, Ohio was the name of it? Pretty much. Cowtown, Ohio, (laughs) two years ago, pretty much to the day, and he was doing local radio with us here in Vegas, first time on the show, said, give us a best bet in the last segment. He said, Lamar Jackson will win the Heisman at 100-1. to That's the way... He started out his career, <laughs> and last year you had the Stanford running back at 100 to one that got second in yeah, the Heisman. So perk up your ears, boys, when he's talking value with the Heisman. First, though, I want to hear this. I want to hear who the favorites are. Read the five or six or seven favorites to win the Heisman right now. And, and this year, a little bit unique. The two favorites, as far as significant favorites, are actually not quarterbacks, but running backs. Bryce Love is the favorite right now, about six to one. The Stanford running back six to one, followed by the running back from Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, who's right around eight to one, followed by Tua Tungo Vailoa, the quarterback for Alabama, who's not yet been named the starter, but he's got the third shortest odds in the Heisman, nine to one. Jake Fromm, quarterback Georgia, just suffered an injury. He's twelve to one. Isn't that number terrible now? I mean, he's already going to be in a competition for his job, right? Terrible. And how, how bad's the injury? Uh, a broken hand to his non-throwing hand, but. Yeah, and you're going to hear me say none of these guys are going to be my best value bets among the top five. Jake Fromm's followed by Khalil Tate, quarterback, Arizona, who's right around 12-1. to 1. So last week we talked about value on Ohio State's Haskins, Oklahoma's Murray. You mentioned 10 or 11 win team and you got a shot as a quarterback. So are we looking at Washington, Mississippi State, and Texas as potentially 10-plus win teams? But let's not undersell this. Your best bet of all these we talked about last week, so restate that clearly. Yeah, and it's Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback for Ohio State, who, who hasn't started yet for Ohio State, but I think you look at the history, the production from that, that position at Ohio State, I also think Haskins has the possibility of being an upgrade over JT Barrett, particularly throwing the football down the field, and I'm not worried. I mean, the last time Ohio State lined up for a significant period without JT Barrett, they won the national title. Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State, 25-1. to Jake Brown in Washington. Well, it fits the bill. Number one, quarterback position. He's got a pedigree. He's going to be the all-time passing leader in Washington history. He's playing for a Washington team that I perceive to be a national title contender. Vegas does as well. Ten and a half win is their season win total, one of the highest in the country. And I think he's a little under the radar because last year he's playing less than 100%, suffered a shoulder injury. I think he's more healthy, and this is going to be more the player that we saw two years ago when he threw 43 touchdown passes. Jake Brown in Washington, 30-1. to Mississippi State, Nick Fitzgerald, and they've got a change at coach, very offensive-minded. Absolutely. So the new head coach for Mississippi State is Joe Moorhead. If you don't know who Joe Moorhead is, he's been piloting the offense for Penn State with Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley, that high-powered offense. He was running it. Very good fit for Nick Fitzgerald, the quarterback for Mississippi State. Now, he's coming off an injury, and I think that's where the value is here. Uh, If everyone knew he was 100% healthy instead of 60-1, to 
Nick Fitzgerald might be 30 to 1. But here's a guy that's ran for 2,300 yards the last two years in the SEC. Good fit for that. Take Nick Fitzgerald, quarterback, Mississippi State 61. Back to back years for the Heisman. Brad has given us a 100 to 1 <laughs> shot. Fire. I don't like this one as much as last two okay. years. Okay. Oh, so now, listen. <laughs> Here's here's I the to one. hold on though. hold the phone. Here's the meta game. This way he begs off, and if he's right, he still can take his bows. But if he's wrong, he'll go. Yeah, but I told you I didn't like it as much. Well, no, just, no, 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 no. Well, listen, he did give us his best bat. Yes. So we've got it. So let's accept. You can only have one, one best, bat. best bat. So we've got that one. But I'll tell you this. This is not your first rodeo with this stuff. I've been hanging and banging for years. So I think <laughs> sprinkling just a little bit on a few of these other long shots might make sense. So it's fair that he says he doesn't like it as much as a best bet. So I was going to give you heat because I am the advocate for the batter out there, but I think it's fair. Remember, guys, these are secondary sprinkle type bets. And we're going to sprinkle a little bit on the quarterback for Texas, Sam Ellinger, who is indeed 100 to 1. What I like, obviously, is Texas, who doesn't have a pedigree at the quarterback spot, at least the last 10 years since Colt McCoy was there. But I loved what I saw from Ellinger as a true freshman last year. Led the team in rushing. Got plenty of starting experience. And what I really like about Texas this year, I think they have a possibility of being a dark horse national title contender. Big game early against USC. The whole world's going to be watching. Ellinger has a big game there. He's going to shoot right up that Heisman boards. Take Sam Ellinger, 101 quarterback, Texas. So, Brad, you've been talking about Texas and their chance to win a national title better than better odds than people think. How have those odds changed? Uh, at the earliest number, what was Texas to win the national title, and what's the consensus number now? Yeah, 40 or 50 to 1 is what Texas opened, right around 30 to 1. But So there's been movement, but not drastic movement. Not drastic. The drastic movement has come on Texas in individual games this year. Uh, we've got a bunch... Of numbers out now around college football, not just the Heisman. Can you bet conferences? You can bet conferences okay. at multiple books here in Vegas. And believe it or not, right now my best bet, and our, I can't wait to hear RJ's opinion of this. I love sleepers. I love sleepers. Well, no sleeper here. Best bet is actually Alabama. You right now in Vegas can get from one minus 110 or even for Alabama to win the SEC. And, so minus 110 or even minus, right around a coin flip. Yeah. To right. win not their division, but the SEC. The SEC. But what is it? And you the, think the, and you, that's, and you that's like the SEC that title game? Yeah. How, how does that is that the okay the title game? The you title can't game. win the title game if you don't make <laughs> the title game. Well, I just wanted to know if it's a title. Sometimes it's a regular season bet. Would I not be better to bet Alabama to make the final four? Because that way I've got two ways to win that bet. So you're saying they could win the title, or if they win the SEC, they're certainly going to be in. But if they're a two loss team that wins, that's not certain. So I, I think it gets confusing. And what were the odds of Alabama to make the playoffs? Alabama to make the playoffs was right around minus 200. Yeah, so it's even more expensive. But you're saying even money, and you yeah. think that looks juicy. All right, here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> here's what I'm going to tell everyone. And put this in your back pocket. If the bet you're thinking of making is a bet that 8 out of 10 people on the street would <laughs> say, oh, yeah, give me some of that, probably danger. Doesn't mean it's not going to win. Doesn't even mean it's not right. But Brad, if we went down to the Sunset Station, told people, hey, we're going to give you a free glass of cooked champagne if you answer this question, who do you want? Georgia, or I'm sorry, check that. Alabama, it even might 
yes or no to win the title who of the SEC, who are you going to take? They're going to say yes, what, 80% of the time? Yep. And you want to be on that side. I do. Dangerous. When we come back, last segment, always we give a best bet. This time, though, Fezzik's giving a best bet in the NFL that you can bet right now. It's coming up straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes? can save you 15% or more on car insurance. It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. The social media response keeps pouring in. We haven't mentioned LeBron for 45 minutes, but we got Chris W. saying, I've come to the conclusion that RJ in Vegas is in bed with LeBron and the Lakers. And my first thought was, how cool would it be if they could buy me off? Like, imagine I get a call that says, RJ, we need you (laughs) to be supporting the Lakers and LeBron as much as possible. We're going to send a private plane. We want to discuss it. I'd be like, deal. Like, before, like you know, usually negotiation, you let them make the first offer. And No, I'd be like, sign me up. Make an offer you can't refuse. (laughs) Any offer from LeBron and the Lakers. Now, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't give any bad betting advice. I probably would uh, tout tout up LeBron a little extra if he asked. Cofield, listen, we got to be honest with the audience. You've done talk radio, what, 20 plus years, right? Uh-huh. You do 15 hours a week local. Uh, a real, In my mind, a grind or a workhorse. All the show prep we've been doing, you've been saying, <laughs> hey, hey, guys, there's an evil Knievel kind of thing going on soon. Can we talk about that? There's that again. And, and listen, Great. I on. tried everything I could to extend the show so we couldn't, <laughs> but we do have one minute before the best bat. This is your minute. Guys, let's go back in the memory banks. 1967, Evil Knievel tries to jump the Caesars fountains. The injuries at Caesars Palace are shocking. Evil Knievel breaks over 40 bones and is in a coma for 30 days. He never attempted the jump again, but the legend of Caesars was born. The legend was born. Gary Wells tried it in 79. He almost died. Uh, Robbie Knievel actually did it. He says with glee. Robbie Knievel actually did it. Now you can, Travis Pastrana is trying on Sunday. Quick, Quick question. Yes. When's the last time you brought sound to the show? I don't know. That, that was the first time in like two months. Very right. important. But here's but, the thing. Pastrana's doing the jump the, on Sunday. The odds are interesting yes. because some people do kind of watch like a car crash. And right now, the odds of him making it are bad. Uh, uh, off, off sure you can bet no, Pastrana will not complete the jump at minus 200. Which, if he doesn't complete it, that's bad. So we're telling you if you want to this potentially win, a win see a crash, odds say check it out Sunday. Best bet time. Stop NFL Week 1, Cincinnati-Indianapolis. We're going under the 46.5 total. I'm going to keep this very simple. If Andrew Luck is 100%, where he hasn't been for three years, and he's back to his old form, then you've got a 50-50 bet, I think, playing the under 46.5. But if he's anywhere below 100%, even 80-90%, to it's a good bet. And if he's below that, it's a great bet. So this is important. Worst case, by your calculation... It's a coin flip, which if it were a coin flip, you don't want to lay the VIG, but there's a real chance it's better than a coin flip. Quick question. Edelman out multiple games. How much is he worth per game? How many points Edelman Patriots? I have him worth one point on the line. Now, let's be clear. There's only about 
seven, eight, nine non-quarterbacks in the NFL worth a full point. He's one of the seven, eight, nine most valuable non-quarterbacks in the NFL. Absolutely, in my numbers. I feel screwed on this best bet. Why? We're not going to go with the jump? Pastrana, no, minus 200? You the can. That can be your square Come on, chair. that's a good best bet. Let's be honest. You do love other people's pain. No, 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 no. No, but there, there's value there. It's a very, Schottenfreud. It's a very difficult jump. All right, we'll see you next Friday, 11 o'clock Pacific, right here. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 